Eagles Entertainment. With the 13th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Friend. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we finally have some college football action to break down. Week zero, it's in the rearview mirror. We've watched the games. We've gone through some tape. We've got some takes. We're going to share them all right here at the top of the show with Saturday Scouting, where Ben Fennel, Dane Brugler, and I... We've got our thoughts here on our big takeaways from week zero, a number of categories that we're going to hit on, and we'll do it all right here in this abbreviated episode of the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. Before we get there, just a quick reminder, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you listen. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Look, I'm going to ask you this every single episode, but it is really the number one way to throw us your support as we get through the college football season. If you love this show on a weekly basis, you don't even need to leave a question, but if you just leave a comment or especially a rating saying, how much you like the show really, really means so much to us, and it helps boost us up the rankings, makes the show more visible for others that are looking for NFL draft and college football content uh, on their in their ears. So uh, appreciate everybody that has thrown us your support here as in recent weeks as we've geared up towards the start of the season. But with that said, let's get into it. Excited to talk through uh, the week zero slate of games with Ben and Dane. It's time now for Saturday Scouting. It's time for Saturday Scouting. All right, well, let's get into it as I welcome in Ben Fennell and Dane Brugler. Guys, we got our first taste of college football action here in 2022. Week zero in the books. Like I said at the top of the show, we'll start things off. The way we're going to start off all of our early week journey of the drafts this season, where we give out our game balls and our standout player from the weekend. Ben, you're going to do the honors. Our first game ball here of the 2022 season. Well, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Uh, Let's get things uh, kicked off here. Listen, Illinois, they... Looked pretty good on Saturday. They beat the brakes off of Wyoming. Looked like a mismatch out there. But we got to give some love to Chase Brown. He went back for his super senior campaign. And he capped off the season uh, with an impressive 19 carries for 151 yards and two touchdowns and even a touchdown reception as well. So that kind of a running back little flare out on the backside of mesh. And he took it up the field in the low red zone. So three touchdowns in that performance. And he's a really good player. He's 5'9", 211, you know, kind of undersized. But he's a really firm north-south runner. He's square, very compact, you know, type of uh, running back, strong lower half, really rips through arm tackles. And has that style where he's really patient to the line of scrimmage yep. and bursts through those holes. What do you always say? Slow to the hole and then fast through it. And that's really what uh, he shows off. He was on the freak list for over 22 miles per hour, all sorts of, muscles in, fat is out type of freakless stuff, you know, type of things. You know, his body fat was down, his brother's on the team. He's a really impressive player. I thought he looked good on Saturday and uh, behind a lot of veteran offensive linemen like Julian Pearl and Alec Palaszewski. So uh, that Illinois team, you know, they're probably going to end up finishing around 500 for the season, but there's some NFL talent on both sides of the ball. A little bit of buzz about the, the Pearl kid, the tackle there yep. from Illinois. Uh, Brown really stood out to me last year watching the uh, the Penn State game. Obviously, there was a big upset. He's like a Zach Moss kind of guy. You know, he's a little undersized, but he's really powerful. Mike yep. Davis, maybe. Yeah, because I mean, he's, he's not a juice guy. Like, no, terms of, like, I mean, Javante Williams was 5'9", 215, right. that same kind of uh, back that runs really physical, and that's really Chase Brown. Sure. All right, well, let's uh, let's stick in the Big Ten here, Dane, because you, uh, you're going to go to that big matchup the the big one coming into the week northwestern going up against nebraska who gets the game ball in your mind from that game yeah well northwestern left tackle peter skaronski uh getting plenty of hype this summer as a future first round pick he came in at number 16 overall on my preseason top 50 board 
uh, and, and against a pretty talented Nebraska group, uh, especially on the edge, uh, Skronsky basically pitched a shutout. Uh, he didn't allow, allow a single pressure, consistently dominated the man across from him, strong hands, balanced movements. I, I thought the one area where I really want to see him get better this season, based off last year's tape, is his ability to anchor versus power. And there were a few times where he got walked back, but I thought he recovered well, maintained that the integrity of the pocket. Uh, so really credit the entire Northwestern offensive line for the way they played, especially in the second half. Uh, but Skaronsky, uh in particular, a very strong performance to start the season. Dane, what, how do you view Skaronsky? You gave a little bit of the elevator speech there, but just like moving on to the next level. I know we're seeing him in a lot of mock drafts right now. Do you view him as like one of those like top 15, top 20 guys? You think he can work his way up to that? Is he definitely there for you now? How do you kind of view him big picture? Yeah, he was number 16 on my board uh, it, that I you know, came out with last week. And I, that's kind of where I view him right now, just kind of square in the middle of that first round. I To me, he is a guard. Um, or he falls in that category of, you know, Zach Martin and Joel Batonio and guys that were college left tackles who uh, I think just – could they play tackle at the next level? Sure, I think they could and get by. But I think to maximize their talent and, and what they offer on the field, you kick him inside the guard – and I, I think you really have something there. So this is a first-round pick, uh, a guy that is one of the better offensive linemen in, in the entire country. And it's a little bit of a down year for the position overall. So right. Skaronsky yep. is one of, the, one of the ones that is just kind of steady. And I just feel like when it comes down to it on draft day, you know what you're going to get with Skaronsky. And he might not be elite in some of those areas. He's not Rashawn Slater, but he's still a really, really good player who I think is going to be a first-round pick. All right, so that was obviously the, that was the headline matchup in terms of two Power Five teams going head to head: Nebraska uh, and Northwestern. Northwestern coming out with the big win in comeback fashion late. I'm going to go to uh, the group of five here, and one of the more entertaining games from the weekend: Utah State beating UConn. Uh, UConn with their new head coach Jim Mora Jr. Utah State had a running back, Calvin Tyler Jr., who went for 160 yards, uh, just under five yards of carry, and it kind of digging into Calvin Tyler a little bit. He showed a little bit more uh, juice since. Uh, that I ex- kind of expected, um, 5'8", 210. So he's short, but he's not small. And this is a guy that began his career at Oregon State, was there for a few years, transferred to Utah State last year, had a nice first season on campus with the Aggies, just under 900 yards and seven touchdowns, a really good start. Like I said, 160 yards rushing against the Huskies. Uh, this is a guy I feel like at the end of the day, he's a, he's, this is a, he's a sixth-year senior. He's a, a super, super senior. He's going to be a 25-year-old rookie. So he's going to need to shine in a number of key areas here this fall if he wants to hear his name called next April. He's going to have to prove it on special teams. He's going to have to be a dynamite blocker. He's going to have to do a lot of the little things well to make a team think, okay, this is a guy that can come in uh, and be a dirty work back for us. The thing is, is that since he's he's a 60-year senior, but there's not a lot of tread on the tires. He only He's only had... 240 carries coming into the season. So I think when you look at Calvin Tyler Jr. from Utah State, uh, he is a player to keep an eye on here for, again, back end of the draft, kind of day three, but good start there uh, for Utah State running back Calvin Tyler Jr. Now, uh, let's go to our next category here, our one play takeaway. One play that stood out to us most from the weekend. Dane, I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah, well, we talked about Wyoming and Illinois, uh, and especially Illinois was able to do an offense. Uh, the Illinois defense also showed up. Wyoming couldn't do anything on defense or on offense against Illinois uh, to put points on the board, uh, especially when they threw in the direction of uh, Devon Witherspoon. Uh, he was targeted five times, 
resulted in zero catches and one interception. And, and that is my one play takeaway. Uh, Witherspoon was in the slot, did a nice job maintaining body positioning. I think it was like a fade route, uh, but he found the football that took it away. Uh, to me, Witherspoon, I, I know it's a guy Ben has talked about. Uh, he was my number eight ranked senior corner uh, in my cornerback rankings over the summer. He's just a player that I think has yet to hit his ceiling. He's getting better and better. Uh, he's a three-sport standout in high school. Didn't really focus on football until his junior year. Uh, almost went the JUCO route until Lovey Smith called. Uh, gave him a shot at Illinois. He's a fourth-year senior. I, I don't think he has elite speed, and that's something that might hurt him come draft time. But he's aggressive, and he has a nose for the football, uh, a nose for defending the catch point. So Witherspoon, I thought, uh, you know, Big Ten has a couple of really good corners, and Witherspoon's in that mix. I think a big game for his stock is going to be this battle with Dontavian Wicks. I think either next week or the week after, I have to check the schedule. But uh, they really battled last year. Wicks, obviously a great route runner, great against press coverage. thought they each kind of took some lumps last year. Really want to see Witherspoon shut him down this year. I think that will start the the kind of buzz campaign for him. Uh, he's, I know, a guy that some people thought about moving to safety. Ben, do you feel yeah. like he's a, a corner through and through, or do you feel like he, he's got some versatility? No, I thought he was a press cover corner all day long. Right. I thought I saw some quick footedness. I thought I saw some recovery speed at times, or he was a little aggressive on the line of scrimmage with his jams and had to kind of close the distance. He's from Florida. You know me. I want my corners from Florida. They move differently. I saw the speed, so maybe we'll have a little sandwich bet with Dean here on how fast he runs. Yeah, he was a, he was a big-time track guy in high school, but uh, you know, I was like, talking about what he can do. And that game is in two weeks. They have yeah. Indiana this week, two back-to-back Big Ten. Oh, no, uh, no Big Ten starting this big, week, yeah, against yeah. Indiana and then the Virginia game. Sure. All right, well, let's, let's go. We'll stick in the Big Ten uh, with that game, that Northwestern-Nebraska game. Uh, look, this is a game that – the big story coming out of it, right, was the hell, you know, Nebraska choked down the stretch. They really need, they really needed that win. You would have liked to see them break that losing streak, uh, kind of start things off the right way. Year five with this coaching staff. But uh, Northwestern, uh, they come up with a late interception, fourth quarter. Nebraska quarterback uh, Casey Thompson, Texas transfer, he had a nice game. I mean, he was, uh, I thought that, I, I watched the entirety of that game, guys, and I, I thought that he performed pretty well throughout. But that late interception, fourth quarter, there's just under 13 minutes left. Uh, Nebraska is holding on to a lead. And who steps in front of the pass? Cameron Mitchell gets the interception. Redshirt junior for Northwestern. Uh, this is a guy that comes in, uh, started all of last year. And I think when you look at the, the tools there at six foot, just over 190 pounds, uh, there are some there, there's some traits to be able to work with. I'd like to see him get a little bit better at making plays on the ball over the big picture. When you look at how he's played so far up to his <laughs> career, good to see him kind of step in front of that in-breaking route. Uh, it was a, a vertical route that started from number one. He slid in towards the, towards the post here, Ben and he just undercut the route did a nice job there uh, in coverage actually excited to watch that back uh, on tape because it looked like it was a really heads up play there from Cameron Mitchell uh, the interception or the corner rather uh, from Northwestern so uh, Ben take us away on your oh go ahead Dane I would say my uh, favorite play from Mitchell in that game was actually I think in the first quarter uh, or it was in the first half where uh, he had a a pass breakup uh, I think it was just a I don't know if it was uh, maybe a, a post route, um, but he was on it the entire way, found the football, knocked it down. Um, I mean, I thought, you know, he did really, a really nice job in coverage the, uh, against the run. He, that was a different story. He really struggled versus the run, but against coverage, I think, yeah, he was lights out against Nebraska. So uh, he, he's another, I mentioned how the big 10s got some corners. He's in that mix. He's one of those underclassmen that, 
he's, I don't think he's quite on that Greg Newsom level. We saw Greg Newsom uh, really ascend throughout his final season and, and end up being a first round pick. I don't think Mitchell's quite in that group, but yeah, I agree. He's, yep. he's a good player that I think will have an interesting decision to make after this year. All right, Ben, what do you got for us? Uh, one play takeaway. All right, guys, you know I love my transfer portal. Um, yep. A little shout-out to the athletic guys for putting their transfer portal top 100. We definitely need that. I thought of you when I saw it. But I can't cover everything. There's 130 FBS programs out there, so there's some that slip through the cracks that I find after the fact. So UNLV, great opener against Idaho State. They beat the brakes off of them. But Ricky White, receiver for UNLV, huge day. Eight for 182 and two touchdowns, highlighted by a 72-yard touchdown where he cooked the corner off the line of scrimmage and then finished him with a little stiff arm uh, before running the rest of the way. But I just said, Ricky White, wait a minute. I remember him from Michigan State, but he didn't play last year. He redshirted with an injury, I believe. 2020, as a true freshman, you guys remember? He lit up Michigan. For nearly 200 yards, they beat Michigan. Big old Rocky Lombardi out there and knocking off Joe Milton and just thinking where that Michigan team's come from a year later. You know, beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten after that game the year before. But anyways, Ricky White came on the scene strong for Michigan State as a youngster. Now he's over at UNLV. And just for his pedigrees from that Marietta High School in Georgia, high school teammates with Arik Gilbert, B.J. Ojolari, Harrison Bailey, that's a quarterback at Tennessee. Rashad Torrance, safety at Florida. Okay. Just Ebony Jackson, who's just a running back at Arkansas right now. Good team. Just, uh, just so much talent on that high school team at Marietta out there. So a uh, prolific prospect. Went to Michigan State, now at UNLV, and putting up some pretty big numbers. I like it. All right, well, it's a, a good start here for uh, our one-play takeaways. Let's go to the next category here, our future stud. Someone who's uh, ineligible for 2023 for next year's NFL draft, but just a name to kind of file away for the future. Uh, and, guys, this is a name that I don't know that this guy is going to be a, a top 32 pick when it's all said and done for whenever he comes out. But North Carolina defensive tackle Javari Ritzy, uh, true sophomore, so he played last year, started the bowl game, was a, a key key part, a key part of that rotation down down there for North Carolina. Well, now he's going to be a starter here this year as a true sophomore, 6'4 290 pounds. He can line up at a couple of different spots up front. And he showed some juice this past week against Florida A&M. Obviously, there was a, a little bit of controversy surrounding that game with a bunch of guys for A&M uh, that were ineligible. But uh, when you watch Ritzy, uh, he's got a little bit of juice out of his stance. He, uh, going back and watching all of his pressures from a year ago, uh, this is a guy that can get off the ball at 6'4 290. That kind of body type is the, the NFL, everyone in the NFL basically is looking for guys with this kind of skill set that can line up at a number of different techniques and win both against the run and against the pass. So Javari Ritzy, true sophomore defensive tackle from North Carolina. I wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out here to start off our future stud segment. So uh, Ben, who do you got here for us? Well, there's a tackling machine in that North Carolina game at linebacker Power Eccles, which is just a great name, first of all, but starting middle linebacker this year after a great lineage there. Obviously, Jeremiah Gemmel's off to the NFL with Chaz Surratt before that, Cole Holcomb, Holcomb before, before that. that. Yeah. Really nice line of linebackers. This kid's six foot, 225, speedy linebacker, a little undersized. He's running around like Brian Asamoah out there for Oklahoma. You get to see the uh, the play speed. But he had 10 tackles, two TFLs, one sack, I think nearly 10 blitzes uh, as well, just mm-hmm. hunting the quarterback and beating running backs there in pass protection. believe he's a true sophomore, so not eligible. But Power Eccles, he uh, looks like he's going to be over that 100-tackle threshold and should be making some plays in the ACC this year. A couple youngsters there on that North Carolina defense, keeping on, obviously, a lot of eyes on that offense in recent years. But, a couple uh, of vets on the back end, too. Tony Grimes, Storm Duck. There's some yeah. nice players on the back end. I think Storm Duck had a pick uh, in the opener. Storm Duck has been, I mean, he was like all ACC like three years ago, so yeah. this is a guy that's been on the, on the radar for a little bit. Uh, Dane, how about you? Round us out here with the future studs. 
Yeah, to be honest, I don't know if this guy's going to actually be a stud or not, but when watching the Florida State tape uh, this morning from the weekend, uh, I was watching pass rusher uh, Jared Verse, who we'll talk about here uh, again in a second. Um, but there was another player who stood out, number 44, Joshua Farmer. is a redshirt uh, freshman, backup defensive tackle. Uh, he was just a tough guy to block. Uh, I thought the he was really active. Uh, his motor was impressive. He's making plays away from the line of scrimmage, 6'3", 305 pounds. Uh, don't know a thing about him besides the, you know, 15 plays. I, I watched him uh, play this morning, but he was just a, a guy that kept flashing. So a name I wanted to bring up. I like it. All right. So, uh, guys, the way we're going to round out this conversation every week uh, here for Saturday Scouting is our film room recap, a player that we've studied on film over the last week that we want to kind of bring to the table uh, and share with the group. Ben, uh, this week, you can do us the honors. Who's uh, who's your film room recap of the week? It is an honor, and I think this guy is going to be one of the bigger risers in college football as far as where his draft stock is today versus the springtime. And there's some really intriguing kind of unknown corners in the Big Ten. I think Devin Witherspoon really kind of highlights that. But DJ Turner at Michigan is a very impressive cover corner. He's six foot 180, heading into his senior year from IMG Academy. Very impressive prospect, too, as a 39-inch vertical in high school. Showed up on the freak list this past uh, summer with 23 miles per hour. 428, standing 40. That just means he's, you know, started in a two-point stance and ran. Yep. And he may be flirting with the three-cone record from what we're hearing about. I think he has a 6-2-9 on, uh, on record, if I'm not mistaken. But 2021, he didn't start the season. I don't think he won the job over uh, the green kid, but eventually became the starter, started eight games, eight PBUs, two picks. Really impressive press man speed. Um, can run like down Andrew the field. Booth kind of profile in terms yeah. of like the, the, the way that he climbed into the lineup. Yep, absolutely. Um, but he's fast. He's got the long speed, yet he's quick-footed, has a really low, smooth, fluid pedal. He's got that man matchability. He finds the ball down the field. The biggest issue, he's six foot 180. He just needs to play a little bigger at the break points, at the catch points. Gave up some slants and some routes to Garrett Wilson's and George Pickens. Mm. He's going to be better for it. Those are NFL caliber, you know, separating receivers. I think he's going to be better for it. Um, he just needs to get a little better with his eyes, you know, finding the ball at times down the field, his timing in the routes, and just needs to be a more physical tackler. But if you want a guy to just come up and cover, he looks like a Denzel Ward kind of hmm. caliber of prospect, in my opinion. I think he's just getting there, and he's just going to get better and better the more he's on the field. I know I talked about, I mentioned Andrew Booth, but almost like what you were saying in terms of being battle-tested, kind of what you were saying last year about Roger McCreary. Yes. You know, being, and he, I know the body type is a little bit closer there uh, in terms of Turner and McCreary. And I, I said this, you know, a few weeks ago. There's a lot of really interesting cover corners where my major concern is the listed height, weight, length. Right, yep. These guys blanket receivers, whether it's Kytrell Clark or Travis Hodges-Tomlinson at TCU, but the NFL is not going to like their length and is not going to like their size profile. Some teams do, but the majority don't. So I think the Browns were okay with taking a Denzel Ward in the top 10, a little bit undersized. Yep. You know, you see a Roger McCreary go to a team like the Titans that's okay with undersized corners as they've taken Elijah Molden and some other guys like Roger McCreary. Just you got that toughness class. profile, yeah. Yep. But DJ Turner, I think he's going to have a huge season for Michigan, and I think his buzz and stock is just on the uh, the upward rise. For some inside baseball, uh, Ben and I sit next to each other in our office, and every once in a while, whether it's we're watching preseason or NFL tape or, uh, or college tape, one of us will bang the other one. Hey, 
got, got, got watch this guy. Or, hey, do you know anything about this guy? Uh, DJ Turner, one of those players. Uh, Dane, have you uh, have you seen much of Turner? Yeah, I, I have, and I do like him as well. I, he just missed my um, my top ten underclassmen. Um, he was like eleven or twelve, I and mean, he was right there next. Uh, I, that Michigan defense is going to be interesting because they've got a few a uh, few of those freaks on that side of the ball. Um, even at every level of the, of, of the defense. So, uh, that Michigan defense will be interesting to see, you know, with a new coordinator in there, yep. a new scheme and all that. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. And I think that's fair, Dane. Anyone that has him in his top 10 is a projection in my right, opinion. Yep. He should be right in that 15 to 20 range because he took some lumps last year. Pickens got him. Garrett Wilson got him. He flashed and I think he's going to be better for it, more mature for it, more experienced for it, and I think we'll eventually crack that top 10 corner ranking when it's all said and done. And it all goes back to your number one point from last week's show where uh, the corner market in this draft is just wide open. open. The whole picture is just wide open right now uh, in terms of guys moving up or down as we get through this season. Dane, uh, you you alluded to your uh, your Florida State defender earlier. Let's uh, let's get into your discussion. Yeah, and and if you guys are crazy like me, and, and I think you might be. Uh, the only thing more exciting than the actual games uh, on the weekend is when the tape hits your system the next day. Uh, and that was me this morning. Uh, you know, one of the first games I watched was Florida State uh, against Duquesne. But, you know, I wanted to check out Jared Verse, the transfer from Albany, uh, a pass rusher with some juice. He's a four-year underclassman, uh, fourth-year underclassman. So he is eligible for next year's draft. And he's just a guy that everyone needs to know about. Uh, again, this is an FCS opponent, so we have to keep that in mind. Yep. But he was really, really active all game. Uh, did a nice job, I thought, in the run game, uh, you know, with his fits. And there were times where he was able to contain and that you see that speed outside where he's stringing runs out, um, forcing, uh, you know, those runs back inside. But hit as a pass rusher, that, that's the bread and butter of what he offers. You can see the burst. You see the flexibility. He can run the hoop. Um, he's not shy getting his hands involved. I tweeted a clip of his sack uh, earlier today where you can see the cross chop action. You can see him uh, win the corner, flatten, finish at the quarterback. This weekend uh, on Sunday, uh, of course, you know, Labor Day weekend, opening weekend for college football, always always great. We have five straight days of college football. Uh, Sunday night, the only game is going to be that Florida State versus LSU matchup. And this is going to be a much bigger test for verse in that uh, Florida State defense. So, but I thought, you know, in his debut, get his get his feet wet. I thought he looked good. Obviously, Jermaine Johnson coming to Florida State from the portal last year. So a lot of those connections are going to be made. Uh, Florida State looked pretty good. I know it was on a loss against Notre Dame in that game last year, uh, that Labor Day Sunday. So we'll see if uh, they can follow it up mm-hmm. with uh, another impressive performance here against couple, the Bayou Bengals. A couple powerhouse uh, programs meeting this weekend. Alabama and Texas, There's a I bunch believe, of good ones. is coming up. And, uh yeah, that one's uh, sir LSU, uh, Florida State, certainly no slouch. No doubt. All right, so, uh, guys, I will uh, take the last one here with Pitt left tackle Carter Warren, who went back to school uh, for his uh, fifth year. So he's a, a super senior, six foot five and a half, 320 pounds. He's got long arms. And, guys, the, the big thing when I watch Carter Warren – He's, he's a smooth operator in pass protection. He, he knows what he's doing when he's moving in reverse. He, he uses his hands really, really well. I never once saw him get overwhelmed by a bull rush. Uh, he can run his feet. I, I think he's pretty light on his feet in terms of being able to mirror pass rushers. Uh, he can react fairly well to an inside move. But you're, if you're trying to win with speed, he's got the length and the foot quickness to be able to hold up. Uh, I mentioned the hand usage, really good use of independent hands. And uh, he's really, really active in terms of making sure uh, that he's able to k- kind of keep control of the rusher through the down. Now, where I'd like to see him get a little bit better, 
just overall in the run game. His hands got to get better in the run game. He's not a powerful people mover kind of player right now. Um, yeah, and I, I think he actually said in interviews this offseason that his primary motivation for coming back was to get better in the run game. That he knows that you know he feels pretty good about where he's at in pass protection. Uh, the games I studied, I mean, I watched him against Tennessee, so you see him against the SEC, Clemson, and Miles Murphy. I watched him against Wake Forest in the ACC title game. I don't know. I think he gave up one like real bad uh, QB hit pressure, um, but outside of that, uh, he was he was pitching a shutout. I thought he was looked really really strong. He's just not, he's just a certain kind of tackle, um, you know, from that standpoint, and that he's more of a pass protector than run blocker. Um, has only played left tackle. That said, they ran a bunch, and it's a different offensive scheme uh, this year, but they ran a bunch of uh, 6-0 line sets, tackle overlook. So you've got plenty of reps of him playing on the right side and you know, setting as a pure right tackle or uh, you know, t- taking some different angles um, from the right side. But I, to me, Carter Warren, kind of impressive. We've, the three of us have talked about how that, that's, that offensive tackle group, lots of questions. Carter Warren, I think, is going to be right in that discussion in terms of one of the top seniors uh, off the board. I don't know if, if either of you guys have watched him, but uh, I was pretty impressed uh, when I got done through the tape. Yeah, well, he got a senior bowl invite last year. Yeah. So I know I was, as soon as that happened, I made, made sure and watched more of him. And I, I mean, I liked him, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. He's long, he's got over 35 inch arms, um, you know, is, is not a guy that looks, uh, you know, his coordination, at least on the move, looks like he he understands what he's doing and he stays under control. So I think he was my sixth uh, offensive tackle in my offensive tackle uh, preview. So I'm a fan as well. Love it. And right. just full disclosure, he's accidentally listed in my sheet as Warren Carter. <laughs> it is Carter Warren. His there first name is Carter. That will not be the last time someone makes that mistake, but really a nice player. And Gabe Hoye on the other side also returned. Yeah. Some really good play last year for Kenny Pickett, now Keaton Slovis. So when you see all those highlights of Slovis chucking it down the field and no love to the big uglies out there, see Big 77 or uh, his right tackle out there holding it down. Just like last year, like that Tennessee game that Kenny Pickett got all the love, these guys blocked their butts off against SEC pass rushers out there. So uh, make sure you give those big guys some love. And now I'm kicking myself because I watched uh, – when I was when I was studying last year, I was watching Kenny Pickett, and there was an offensive lineman that really stood out to me, and it wasn't – Carter Warren or Warren Carter, uh, it was Marcus Minor, uh, the left guard, who really stood out. I'm like kicking myself for not even uh, <laughs> for not even putting uh, Marcus Minor. He was on the Senior Bowl watch list uh, that was released. And last if week. Desmond Howard's predictions come true, he picked the yeah, Pitt right. Panthers to make the playoffs. <laughs> so we should be seeing old uh, Carter Warren out there against Alabama before we know it. <laughs> well, hey, we got this the next game we'll see on our TVs this Thursday. The with West Brawl. Virginia and uh, yeah, Pitt. That kind of getting that rivalry back going, which is just great for everybody yeah that was uh I, I was shocked that the last time that those guys play i mean it's been like almost a, it's been over a decade since those two teams have played which is uh insane one of the better rivalries west virginia get to the acc what are you doing out there give, come it, on give, now. It, give, give it time It'll, that's that's gonna happen at some point uh, or some <laughs> kind of formation of it uh well guys this has been great we're gonna be back next week uh breaking down all the action from a loaded week one like dane alluded to a bunch of games high profile games on your tv sets uh here this week so make sure you tune in next time right here on the journey of the draft podcast presented by life brand